you are listening to Radio Maria and this is our Diving Deeper program. And this evening we have Father Alvin Ibe talking about fasting, prayer and almsgiving. Father Alvin, welcome. How's it going? How are you doing? Doing really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Thanks be to God. Amen. It's, it's always good. He is. I went to that. So I'll, I'll leave it all over, over to you. I'll hand over. All right. Thank you. And welcome our listeners to our program today with um, a new name. Still the same program, but with a new name. Which I think it's um, more attractive, if I may say. And I believe all our listeners, you will be blessed today as we listen to um, God speak to us today. And I would like us to begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, giving us another opportunity of being in your presence this evening as um, we listen to you speak to us through your words. We know you are here with us. And as your word says, that the entrance of your word gives light to our hearts. And we pray that you will inform us. Um, we ask your Holy Spirit to inspire us. And that at the end of our program this evening, that all those who have listened will be blessed. And that you continue to uh, grant us the grace as we journey throughout this season of Lent. But at the end, all glory and honor will be unto your holy name. I will make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So, dear listeners, um, once more I say a very big welcome to you, wherever you are listening from. And um, how is your Lent going? I hope and believe um, so far so good. And I just want to uh, talk about these three things. Uh, um, today, every every lens, every year, um, we are being reminded of um, these three things we call three pillars of lens, three pillars of lens. And whenever I say mass on, on Ash Wednesday, there's always a, a question I ask um, those who um, come to mass on that day, or even ask myself, you know, is it only during Lent? that we have to pray, we have to fast, and we have to give alms. Right, where's our, um, we've been praying all this while, so why, why, why is it that during Lent, um, uh, these uh, three things are being emphasized once again. So, um, these three things, I believe, these are, uh, should be part of every Christian. It should be you know, a habit of every Christian. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. It's, it's not just something we do only Lent. The only thing is that uh, um, the church uh, emphasizes on this um, on these three things during during Lent, and we see it as a time of of preparation. Lent is a time of preparation, and in order to prepare ourselves. We need these three things, and these three things helps us to 
come closer to God. So for every Christian, um, at least once or twice or three times or however, every Christian needs a time to you know, retreat. So for us, Lent is a time of retreat when we you know, say, oh, I need to stop now and uh, uh, think about or reflect on uh, my relationship with, with God. How, how, how has it been? That's what we do during Lent. It's not as if once Lent stops, okay, oh, we are now, we can now stop praying, we can now stop fasting, we can now stop giving arms till next year. That's not what it is. This, our life is a life of prayer. And for us to be closer to God, we need to fast and also help others. So these are very three important things that every, every Christian, every Christian, not just, not just Catholic. It's just that Catholics during Lent emphasizes on these three things, but every Christian, every true follower of, of Jesus must just always pray fast and give arms. But sometimes, you know, a lot of, a lot of us, it's, it's very clear, a lot of us Christians, a lot of Catholics uh, misunderstand these this three things or don't really, um, how will I put it now, understand what it's all about, okay? Prayer, just like as we know, it's just a form of conversation. It's a form of conversation and, and I always say, we all, we are all in relationships. We, we all have friends, we all have families, and we know that there is no relationship that would, um, would last or would survive without communication. There's no relationship that survives without communication. So if, 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 if you have a friend, someone you love so much, you always, you know, uh, desire, desire to, to hear from the person every day. You always desire to hear from the person every day. And at the end of the day, if you have not heard from that person, you don't feel good. And that's what prayer is all about. Having that desire to be in constant communication with, with our friends. With our friends. Um, my last, uh, uh, the new article I've just written for the Diocesan news, newspaper, it says, what a friend we have in Jesus. So if we have known, known him to be our friends, then we'll see that it's not just only lens that we'll have to talk about prayer or intensifying our prayer. Just as the scripture says, like, like the deer that yearns for running stream, so my soul yearns for you. So our, our soul should always yearn for the person, the one we call our beloved, the one we, 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 we see as our friend. Yeah. So prayer is a conversation with God, is a conversation with God. And it's very essential for, for fasting and almsgiving because prayer gives us the strength to fast. It gives us the strength, the courage to help others. So you see, uh, prayer is, is very important in our lives as, as, as Christians. But if we listen carefully um, to the readings, 
on Ash Wednesday. And that's what um, that passage is um, our uh, our scripture for today. And it's from Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six. And that that was the gospel for Ash Ash Wednesday um, we read. And that's where Jesus taught us about prayer, about fasting and almsgiving. How? Should we go about these three things? And let's see what, what he said about prayer. But before that, at the beginning of that, 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 that gospel, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, he says, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before man, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So this Three things are acts of righteousness. This is not the church that have said it. This is Jesus that said it. Okay, these are things that bring us closer to him. And they only aim for our praying, for our fasting, and for our giving arms is to draw closer, draw closer to him, to be there near to him. That should be our only aim for doing all these things. Let's, let's see um, in Psalm, Psalm 63 verse 1. Let's see what it says. It says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land, where there is no water. So the sole aim of whatever we do during Lent and all the rest of the year as Christians is for us to, you know, be close to God, be close to our friend. If you cherish any friendship, if you cherish any relationship you are into, you do all you can do to make sure, you know, you keep it. So if we as Christians cherish a relationship with God, then we'll do all our best to make sure we keep it. And how can we keep it? Constant communication with him. Constant communication with him. Like I said, there is no relationship that lasts without communication. So let's see what Jesus says to us about prayer. How should we pray during this period? So one thing that Jesus warned us about is to make sure whatever we do we don't do it to attract attention you remember several times when he when he um, criticized the pharisees the scribes or when he attacked them it was just because of this reason because he says all they do they do in order to attract people's attention and god is not interested in in in, in eye service god is not interested in 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 self-righteousness so whatever we do it should be to glorify him and him alone and not just to attract attention to ourselves or to glorify ourselves and all that it's just to glorify him and him alone so he says in matthew chapter 6 verse 5 it says and when you pray do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues 
and on the street corners to be seen by men. So we ask ourselves, when we pray, is that our intention? Do we pray so that people will see us and say, oh, this person is a holy person. He, he, he or she is always praying. Oh, whenever you come to the church, he or she is kneeling down and, and, and he's, he's a holy person. And when we hear that, it makes us feel so good. Is that what, is that what we want? Is that our aim for praying? You know? Some, some, I can remember when we were in school, some, some of us, some of our classmates, some of us in there, and they, we just come in in the chapel and just kneel. You know, even if the, the person may just be sleeping, but then um, um, pretending to be praying. And uh, this is what gives that person joy, just for people to see, oh, this person is a prayerful person. But God looks at all of us. He looks at our hearts and we, he knows who is who. Okay? He knows who is praying to him in sincerity of heart and not just um, who is pretending. So we ask ourselves, you know, do we pray in order for people to, to um, applaud us? Do we pray in order to people, for people to see us? He says, they pray, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. That's, that's, their, their, that's what motivates them. So in a situation whereby I'm just there, you know, um, all alone, you see, they wouldn't want to. So they would only want to pray when people are seeing them. They would only want to pray when people are seeing them. And then he says, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in food. <laughs> they have received their reward in food. So this is what they want. At that moment, when people, you know, praise them, when people talk about them, when people see them as holy people, they are very happy. They are fulfilled. And he says, they have received their reward in food. So they have, they have rewarded themselves. So they are not expecting anything from God. They are not even interested and you know, and what God is is what comes from God. So they have already rewarded themselves. You know, like when um, you you did something and and you paid yourself for what you have done, for the work you have done. You work and you pay yourself. So sort of sort of uh, uh, such thing. So he says this shouldn't be our aim when we are praying. Now, what should we do? Then Jesus says, but when you pray, go, <clears throat> go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father, and pray to your father. So these are, you see, deep words that have deep meaning. And you can only discover the, 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 the depth of these words if you ask God for, for understanding. If not, you won't understand. He says, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father. Remember in the scripture, um, Jesus um, uh, teaching about the Pharisees who, who always carry themselves to be more holy than others. And he says, he told us the story about uh, two people that went into the temple to pray. And he said, one came 
and was boasting. So he was praying to himself. He was praying to himself. So sometimes in prayer, we are praying to ourselves. When we come to remind, he was reminding God, you know, God, you know, I'm not like this person. I, 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 I pray of every time I fast uh, 10 times a day. I give alms and I'm not like this, this man here, this, 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 um, this beggar here. I'm not like him. So he just came. I was all about himself, all about himself. And Jesus said he ended up praying to himself and not to God. What he says, and pray to your father. Pray to your father who is unseen. You are not seeing him, but he's there. He sees everything. Unseen, but sees everything. Pray to him who is unseen. And then he says, then your father who sees what is done in secret. So whatever we do as Christians, as children of God, it shouldn't be to attract people's attention. It should be to give glory to God. And we ask ourselves, what do we do when we are alone? What do we do when we are alone? But it says, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Remember, for these people who only pray so that men will see them, he says they have gotten their reward in food. So their reward is not from God. They reward themselves or the people, you know, when the people um, commend them, when the people praise them, they have already been rewarded. They have gotten their reward. So they're not expecting anything from, from, from God. But he says, when you pray, see this as, you know, um, the, the, my, first, uh, my first talk when I started um, this program was establishing a personal relationship with God, establishing a personal relationship with God. And that's what he wants. It should be a personal relationship with God, personal conversation, intimacy. Intimacy involves, you know, you and I. Intimacy involves I and God. I don't want to get any other person involved in it. It is just between me and him. Whatever I want to say, I say it to him. It says, and the father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He will reward you. So prayer, that's, that's how Jesus wants us to pray. And this Lenten season, all the time, in as much as he wants us to continually come to him. He desires, the way we desire him, he also desires us the same way. The same way we desire him is the same way he desires us. So he wants us to come. Come to me. Come to me. So this, this period is a time we go to him. We intensify our conversation with him. We intensify our conversation with him. Remember what happened in the book of Daniel when Daniel was asked to stop praying. You know, if you, stop, if you, if you don't stop praying, we're going to deal with you. The scripture says that 
he used to pray two times in a day, but when he was threatened, because he knew how important prayer is, is to him, he knew how important his conversation with his father is to him. The scripture says he increased, even when he was threatened, he increased, he intensified his prayer life. So uh, uh, this time of Lent is a time we intensify, we increase the rate at which we pray. And let's go um, to the next um, pillar of Lent, which is fasting. Which is fasting. Someone says that fasting reminds us of our hunger for God. Because naturally we hunger for a lot of things. We hunger for food, we hunger for pleasure, we hunger for a lot of things. And most often when, when, when we are so much involved in these things, we, we, we find out that our desire for God uh, is, is reduced. When we desire you know, the things of this world, we definitely, the rate at which we desire, the rate at which we hunger for God, it will definitely be affected. So when we fast, it reminds us once again of how much we need God. We deny ourselves certain things we enjoy in order to have him more. And let us see what the scripture says about fasting. Now in the same gospel, in the gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, from verse 16, Matthew chapter 6 from verse 16. And Jesus said, still uh, emphasizing on, on making sure whatever we do, we do not do it to attract attention. He says, now how do we fast? How do we fast? He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For the disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. <laughs> it's funny. So all they do is on the day they are fasting, they will just, you will know, everyone will know. No smile. Just ask them, oh, my friend, why are you so moody today? I'm fasting. Oh, sorry. Oh, I don't, I don't even know you. Oh, you're such a good man. You're a holy man. So. They do it in such a way that no one will tell you that something is going on. And that's what gives them joy. So it says, For the disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. He will always pull, I don't know if it's this, this just this um, tr um, translation, but it always put, put it, they have received their reward in full. It is in food, so nothing is coming from God. Because already this is all the words, just to attract people's attention. But this is not what God is not interested in the outward, you know, outward manifestation. He's interested in what is going on in, in our hearts. And he says, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in food. But when you fast, he says, put oil on your head 
and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So you don't need to you don't need to be too moody. You don't need to be you don't need to uh, uh, put up long faces so that people will look at you and say oh or pity you or you know just to know that oh oh it's Lent oh no wonder he's he, he he's like this he must be fasted. So even even though you don't you didn't say it but people already know this is what's going on. And, and I will always tell people uh, I know it's a common practice for people to ask you oh what have you given up during Lent. Or people to say i've given up this i've given up that and that my advice always is not just my advice is what jesus has said keep it to yourself i don't need to say to um remember someone someone um asked me um uh, some years some some years back and um, brother what have you given up for lent uh, i said i said nothing and he was, he was shot. He looked at me like this. I don't need to tell you what I've given up. It's between me and my God. So if I tell you I've given up this and that, oh, you will say, oh, you are, you are a strong man. You know, you are, you're a holy man and all that. It's between me and God. And that's what it should be. So whatever we have given up for land, it has to keep it to yourself. Don't, you don't need to tell anybody. You don't need to tell anybody, nobody needs to know. This is something you are doing for your, you know, to strengthen your relationship with God. So it should be between you and him. It should be between you and him. And he says, the father who sees everything that is done in secret, he looks at you and he knows what you have given up. Nobody knows. But he and he alone knows that this is what you have given up. And he rewards you. He gives you strength. He strengthens you. So let's see, uh, Joel, the prophet Joel, Joel chapter 3, verse 12. It says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with your hearts. With your hearts. With fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garment. You see, rent your heart and not your garment. No one sees what is in your heart except God. No one sees. So if my 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 clothes, if I'm wearing a shabby cloth or dirty cloth, you know, as a sign of repentance, or people see it and they ask, Are you okay? Or what's wrong? Or what's going on? And I tell them I'm fasting because I'm a sinner and all that. You know, it's already outward sign. But the heart, if I'm rending my heart, if I'm sorrowful within, no one says it apart from God. And that's what it should be. He didn't say rend your garments. He says, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and not going on the outside. What is going on? In the inside, so I can be I can be carrying myself around, and um, and people have the impression that yes, um, this person is is um, is a good person or repentance and all that. But inside, nothing is going on. 
nothing is going on. I'm just as black as anything you can think of. So God wants this to be between us and him. No other person. Remember, it's intimate, intimacy, intimate relationship with God. It has to be you and your God. And the next one is almsgiving. Almsgiving is a time. So um, if you're fasting, your fasting should, our fasting should help us in our relationship with God and also with others. So it shouldn't just be, you know, for me to be in good terms with God. So what I've denied myself should also benefit other people. But in doing this, we should be careful that it doesn't, you know, uh, we, we don't just do it in order to attract attention, in order to receive the glory. So this is what um, Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 2. From verse 2, it says, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. We ask ourselves, when we help people, what do we do? Do I help you? And then I'll go and tell the whole world that I've just helped you. A lot of us do that. You do something and everyone will, will hear about it. Someone is in need, you help the person and you go about telling everybody, oh, I just gave this person um, um, he was very hungry yesterday and I looked at him, he looked so hungry and, and, and you know I'm fasting, I'm fasting. So what I was supposed to eat today, I decided to give it to him or to her. Oh, you are you so good, you are so kind. You know, I can't even do that, you're so kind. Oh, thank you. And now Jesus says, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. So if I'm doing that, if I'm announcing my good deeds, if I'm announcing my, my arms, if I'm announcing to the whole world what I have done, it says I've received my reward in full. So it comes with nothing. As long as you know people have seen it, I've done it in a way that everyone will see it and you know give me give me the glory. It says I've received my reward in full. So how are we expected? To give alms, Jesus says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. It has to be in secret. It mustn't be such a way that. Everyone will see it. You don't go about telling everybody, I have just helped this person, I have just helped that person, you know. Unless all we are interested in is for people to, to give us the glory. But then as a Christian, what have you gained from it? Nothing. You've already received your reward in full, Jesus says. So nothing. You don't expect any blessing to come from it. 
sort of think. At this moment, we uh, can have um, a music break as we uh, keep reflecting on what we have heard. Karen. Okay, fantastic. Um, we are going to play Heaven and Earth Are Bowing by Father Alvin. Okay, it's a slightly new studio and I'm not sure I've got the right fader. Hold on two seconds. Let me try that again. Thank you, Jesus, because you're worthy. Heaven and earth are bowing before your presence, Lord. Heaven and earth are bowing before your presence, Lord. They are bowing before your presence. They are bowing before your presence. They are bowing before your presence. Bowing before you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness.
And that was Heaven and Earth Are Bowing by Father Ulvan Ibe. And we're now going to return to our talk about fasting, prayer and almsgiving. And we're currently on almsgiving. Over to you, Father Ulvan. All right, thanks, Mary. And welcome back. Um, so we continue from where we start. So we've talked about prayer, we've talked about um, fasting, and we've talked about um, almsgiving. So we ask ourselves, um, remember um, Jesus. The scripture says he went into the wilderness and he stayed there and he prayed and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. What happened after? When he came, while he was still there, the devil came. So what I'm trying to talk about is that even when we are preparing ourselves, I believe all of us must have experienced this before. It always comes with temptation. Now, one thing is, in as much as God wants us to be closer to him, we have an enemy who also wants us to be closer to him. He wouldn't want us to be close to God. So he is not comfortable to see us making that effort to be close to the one who loves us, even though he gives us the impression that he loves us too. What we know is, 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 is not true. The scripture says that the, 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 the devil, the enemy, he disguises himself as an angel of light. So he gives us the impression that uh, um, um, he, ha he has the best for us, but we know that it's not true. The scripture calls him the father of all lies. So he tells us a lot of lies in order to deceive us. He's the greatest deceiver. And the scripture calls him also our accuser, the accuser of our brethren. Now Jesus in, in John 10, 10 says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But before then he says the thief. And who is the thief? The devil. He comes for no other reason than to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So the devil will definitely come um, to, to tempt us, to deceive us, and to prevent us from um, making frantic efforts to, to be close to, to, to our Savior, the one who loves us so much. And I don't know, you must have experienced this, that um, especially at the beginning of Lent, when you back up your mind or, you know, um, uh, make that decision that's okay, uh, this Lent, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try my best. I know I didn't do very well last year, but this time around, I'm going to try my best to, to be close to God. I'm going to pray a lot. I'm going to fast a lot. I'm going to give arms a lot. And then when you, when you want to um, uh, devise different ways of intensifying your prayer and saying, okay, I, I will start, even though I struggle to wake up in the morning, but now for, for this period and even far beyond, that I'm going to try, um, I'm waking up early in the morning, earlier than I used to. Maybe if I wake up at like 7, 7 a.m., said okay i'm going to be waking up 5 a.m so that i have enough time to to spend with my savior i'll be spending at least an hour every 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 day 
in his presence. So in the morning, I'll make sure I spend an hour. And when I come back in the evening, I make sure I spend another hour. Even during the day, from time to time, I will, I will try and go into his presence. And one thing we need to know is that the devil will not keep quiet. He will not just stay, cross his legs and be watching us. So once we make that decision, he wants to fight. And he only fights in order to win us. Now that moment when we, when I say, okay, I'm going to be uh, waking up earlier, maybe I'm going to be waking up 5 a.m. in the morning. And uh, the first day he will come to you and say, oh, why should you stress yourself? Why should you, you know it's cold. You should be lying in your bed. Well, you shouldn't be waking up that early. You shouldn't set your alarm to wake up that early. You will hear his voice. He, he, he speaks to us just the way God speaks to us. The devil also speaks to us. And sometimes we'll have, you know, that's confusion of which am I to listen to. But then we know when it's God speaking to us and when it's the devil speaking to us. The devil will come, he disguises himself as if he loves and he cares for you. He, he doesn't want you to, to, to stress yourself by waking up early in the morning. You, want, you need to be in the comfort of a bed and enjoy your sleep. You know, it's not going to, it's not going to, uh, affects your prayer life, actually. Well, this is a, like a sacrifice you want to make in order to be closer to God. And it comes to say, no, it's not worth it. So we need to be alert. When Jesus says, you need to be alert. That's what he means. Because the enemy, the devil, First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he says, um, your enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking for whom to destroy, to devour. And the scripture says, he said, stand up to him strong in faith. So it is with faith that we say, no, this is my decision. It's worth it, and I'm going to do it. And we'll notice that sometimes the temptation can be so, so strong. It can be so, so strong that it's difficult for us to, 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 to fight it. And one thing that helps us to fight temptation is fasting. If we're able to deny ourselves the things we enjoy, if we're able to say no to certain things, then it will be very easy for us to say no to the devil. Remember what happened when Jesus, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and praying and all that, he was very hungry. And the devil came and he knew, he knew Jesus was hungry. So he knows that we need that extra sleep. And that's when we come, he will come when he knows we are vulnerable. One thing about temptation, I remember temptation is not a sin. Temptation is not sin, but it's only when we give in to it that it becomes sin. So you, you always come with the intention of pushing us into sin. The devil comes with the intention of putting us into sin. And he knows that the only thing that separates us from God is our sin. That's all he comes to do. So he targets when he knows we are very vulnerable, and then when he comes. So 
uh, when I have eaten and I'm very satisfied, that won't come to tempt me with food because he knows I'm not going to fall into it because I'm already I'm already full. I'm satisfied. I don't need food. So if you're tempting me with, with, with food, you're wasting your time. But he won't come and tempt me with food because he knows I'm very satisfied. So it's at that moment, I don't know if you have experienced this before. You, you say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to fast. Tomorrow is Friday or tomorrow is Wednesday. I'm going to fast. And then early morning Wednesday, you become so hungry, so hungry, that unusually hungry, that you begin to wonder what's going on. And then that voice will come to say, my friend, you know, you see how hungry you are. Uh, today is just Wednesday. Uh, you still have next week. Just, you know, you don't need to fast. You don't. Why are you, you are, you are killing yourself. You are, you are, you are, remember, you, you may even develop ulcer and all that. You know, that voice will come. That voice that sounds caring, but it is actually destructive. Will come and say, why not just, just, you can just have breakfast and, and others. I remember that's, that's actually exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. The devil came, the, 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 the scripture calls him, he's, he's so wise. And he advises us to be as wise as the serpent. As wise as the serpent, but as gentle as dove. He came to Eve and said, you see, you see how beautiful that, that, that fruit is. You see how attractive it is. As it is attractive, that's the same way it tests. And God knows that whenever you eat this fruit, that you're going to become like him. He will tell you everything. Everything you want to know. And then, if we are not strong in spirit, and what helps us fasting helps us to, to strengthen our spirits in order to resist the devil when he comes. And it's uh, uh, James in his letter that says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And we can just resist him without being spiritually strong. And that spiritual strength comes through prayer, prayer draws us closer to God. And when we are closer to him, then he's always there to help us to, to resist the devil. And when we you know, deny ourselves, our, our flesh, uh, a lot of things, it's, it desires, it enjoys, then our spirit is strengthened. When we deny our flesh, uh, a lot of things, our spirit is nourished. But when our flesh is nourished, our spirit is starved. So we need to starve. So fasting is starving the flesh in order to nourish the spirit. And when we are spiritually strong, then we can always resist the devil. So there will definitely be temptation. Temptation will come. The devil does not keep quiet. One thing you know we need to learn from him is that he doesn't give up doesn't give up until he gets you, he gets me, and that's his target. He never rests. He never rests. But God is always there for us. He's always there for us. And he says, when it becomes difficult, when it becomes difficult, 
we do not need to be discouraged, you know, when temptation comes. Yeah, sometimes it can come from left, right, center. We do not even know how, how to stand. It becomes, it becomes so difficult for us to, and you know, temptation can come in different ways. And remember I say, the sole aim of the devil is to destroy us with temptation. But temptation is not sin. But all he does is to tempt us into sin, to drag us down. That's what temptation does, to drag us down, to separate us from, 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 from our Savior. But we do not need to be discouraged when, even when we fall, we do not need to be discouraged. There is still, you know, that opportunity to come back to him. There is still that opportunity to, 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 to come back to him in repentance. And the scripture says that he is compassionate and he is love, he is merciful. He knows that we are weak. We are all human beings and we are weak. And it's because of our weakness, the scripture says, in our weakness, he is made strong. So it's because of our weakness that he has come to save us because he knows that we are weak and we are liable to saying we are liable to fall and that's why he has come to save us. So even when we uh, uh, see ourselves um, falling into temptation, giving it into, into temptation, we do not need to be discouraged because that's what happens sometimes when we fall today, we fell again, we fell again, we give up. But one thing is that God does not even give up on us. And that's the reason why even um, someone that had only five minutes or two minutes or even a minute to, 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 to die and decided to give his life or her life to Christ, he is saved at that point in time. So God does not give up on us till our last breath. So we shouldn't give up. Even if we fail, we have tried and tried and tried. We have tried to pray. Some people come and say, I have tried to pray. I can't pray enough. I have come to, you know, I've tried everything. If I want to pray, I get so distracted. If I want to pray, I can't focus. If I want to pray before I know it, I'll sleep off. It happens to me too. <laughs> and there's something I told myself. Remember when I was in, when we were in school at St. Darius, normally um, once a week we have what we call um, work. So you're allowed to go outside the school uh, from 12 p.m. and you must back to school uh, before 6 p.m. So we go, that's every Wednesday and then Sundays also. You know, we go, you go into the world, as we call it, and you mix with people and you see a lot of things. And then when you come back, when it is time for prayers, you see if you find it very difficult to focus because the pictures, a lot of pictures you've seen out there, it will start playing back again in your head. And you can't focus. Even when you are trying to focus, maybe we are saying the rosary, you are saying the rosary, before you know it, you just drift away. You don't even know. And the prayer is still going on, but you're not there. Your bodily, you're there, but spirit, you're not there. And then before you know it, you, you, you get back to yourself again. And, you know, but what? There is that, um, uh, 
it's possible for, for us to say, oh, I've tried. It's like prayer is not for me. But one thing I told myself is, even when I found out that I'm, I'm being distracted, I will stop. I will make sure I'll finish that prayer. If I'm saying the rosary, I'll make sure I'll finish it, because the aim of the devil is to stop you from praying, is to stop you from you know um, finishing that prayer. And once you you give up, he's very happy. So I will always tell myself, I know what's going on. So I must make sure, even if it, it will take me two hours to finish that rosary, I will make sure I will finish it. And then he will be put to shame. So it's a sort of an encouragement to all of us as we are listening this evening. Sometimes uh, um, we see ourselves being uh, tempted to what we call beyond our limits. But don't give up. Don't give up. No, keep trying and keep praying. Our strength can only come from God. He gives us the strength. So my dear listeners, don't give up. He has not given up on you. And no matter how hard it's, it's, it's becoming for you, things uh, happening around you can make it so difficult for you to focus. Things happening around you or within you can make it difficult for you to um, uh, practice these uh, three things that we have mentioned today. But I'm saying to you today, don't give up. Um, God is still with you and he, he is he's there. All he wants is just call upon me. He says, the scripture says, call upon me in the days of your trouble and I will help you. He's our ready helper in our time of needs. So do we have more time for another music break and then we'll say a prayer? Uh, um, we have callers. We don't actually. We have no callers. Um, and we're actually already at half past nine. Um, so yeah. maybe um, we could say a prayer. And then that could be, that may well bring us to the end of the program. If that's okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, listeners, um, thank you for tuning in today. And I hope you have been blessed and we ask the good Lord to help us as we continue to journey in this uh, season of Lent. And we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Father, we thank you for uh, this evening. Uh, we ask you to bless your words in our hearts. And for all those who are listening today, Lord, we pray that you help us um, to continue to make efforts to be closer to you all the days of our lives. And when it becomes so difficult for us, Lord, may we only run to you knowing that you are the one who gives us the strength to be who you want us to be. Bless us even as we sleep this night. And may your presence continue to abide in our lives. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. May the might bless God and protect us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. That was great encouragement. Great encouragement. Really thank you, yeah, wonderful to hear. So um, thank you for spending the time with us. And uh, we hope to hear from you again, hopefully next month. Next month.
My ghost race. Sorry? Yes. Yes. Oh. By God's grace. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amen. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Yeah. Your talks yeah. are fantastic. Thank you ever so much. All right. God bless, You're Father. Welcome. God bless. Have a nice evening. Thank you. And you too. God bless. <laughs>